Hello, Chris. Wow, you're loud as hell today, bro. Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You're excited about your new cord. Um, I'm excited about our new cord. Um, had some technical difficulties last time we were recording, but I think I got a real juicy fat daddy XLR to headphone cable. <laughs> this thing is is thicker than I. I don't even know. It's thicker than a large sharpie. <laughs> wow great comparison i thought you were going to compare it to a woman's behind of some sort no um, no this is a long this is, this is more of a penis like shape than anything on oh a i see body. so it's it's bigger than your dick then is what you're saying long at the very least it is longer <laughs> the more important question though kinfolk chris how are you doing kinfolk chris is good man i'm just i had a long day today it's chris we, spelled we, like jenner sorry continue you already know the vibes mm. um just a long day you know man got up early got my trainer in had to be on location for some tom brown content creation Ooh. um what time you know, did you on... wake up earlier than normal because you're already no up. no no Five thirty. normal wake up time Five thirty. CEO, real ceo shit you know what i'm saying i actually um, had to get up at five thirty as well what'd you have to do walk a dog or something <sighs> um, well that that was one of my duties today if you must know but uh, but my LP had a shoot today, and she she had to be on set at like seven. So you had to steam some stuff for her so before she left. Her her alarm went off at five thirty, waking me up thirty minutes before my normal scheduled time. And and I I must say I had no problem waking up at five thirty. Bay was Bay was annoyed about how awake I was. <laughs> Well, that's because you were washing her feet, you know, before the shoot. So, I mean, yeah, baby, know. I'm a grown ass man. I I love to wash my queen's feet <laughs> off off rip. That's my that's my morning Joe. Some folks I, like coffee, tea, croissant, but not I. No, you just like twelve digits. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I you know, Bay got an extra two toes. I, I thought she might. I've noticed her in, in in some interesting footwear choices. She can't wear the Vibram finger shoes. Um, she 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 owns a pair, but but she does have issues with them. That's you know to keep it all the way one hundred. That's I love when you keep it all the way. But yeah, so I, I I went to the dry cleaners this morning after seeing Hunter, and I you know. <laughs> I had to pick up my my suit, and I you know I haven't put on the Tom Brown uniform in months. I haven't put on anything of this caliber in months. And I tell you what, bro, I felt like a million fucking dollars. Was, yeah, I once felt, you put that skirt on, baby. Oh yeah, it was like LeBron suiting up for Game One of of the Finals, right? First of all, it was the regular suit. I wish I would have. I, I couldn't find the skirt in my closet when when my dear friend Dana Veraldi was was shipping the suit to me as a favor. My king, um, there is nothing regular about that uh, that hem line on those tbs but carry on they were a long pant um so technically I wore my, yeah i wore my suit with my my custom tom brown brogues that i tricked out with the vibram sold so i can really kick your ass when you start talking to me <laughs> um my you my got you, you got the tb shit kickers is what i you got, got the tv yeah you ain't you ain't ever seen these i would wear these to the fucking earth crisis show you know what i'm saying that's suited and booted ready for ready for your anarchist nyc district beat down exactly to, Exa- to, to partake exactly in. exactly but it was a it was a great day tom himself was in good spirits he was rocking a fire bucket hat on set which i was just really like he was really serving a look 
Was it was it a Tom Brown bucket or was it a different brand? He would never. No, of course, no, no, of course, it was a Tom Brown bucket. But I, I, I it was, I believe it was reversible actually. But it looked very cool on him. You know, all all good buckets are. That's a good point. So yeah, I've had a big day today. So then and now I'm back in the lab, back in the AC, talking to you. Um, so it's been kind of a you know, it's it, I started at the top and now I'm ending somewhere near the bottom. Um, with a TJ convo, but I'll got take it. it you know? Um, well, there's plenty to cover. Don't worry. Uh, luckily. Luckily, you are a bottom, and we are here to get to the bottom of, of what has been going down. Yesterday, you and I played tennis, knocked the cobwebs off. It's been it's been a little while since I was on my uh, on my uh, vision quest journey out in Arizona. You did have a fun fun moment where I, I hit the ball to you. You attempted to return it, and then the ball went and it flew and smashed you square in the nose on the, on, the on the day before. Your your big your big Tom Brown skirt day and that luckily it wasn't bleeding but let's be honest there was a cut. I was shook, but I did feel like my play. You know, since my ankle injury, I haven't been one hundred percent. Yesterday, I feel like I was seventy five percent. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think you you saw the socks. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that had something to do with my performance, or do you think that? Do you think I, I the socks were not good luck? I did no, I did see the socks. I mean, they were good luck because instead of me beating you six games to zero, <laughs> I beat you five games to one. So yeah, you did have a little little luck of the uh, luck of the Canadian Irish as you I mean, bro, as you're wearing your your certified when, lover boy play by Comde Garcon socks. <laughs> when I look down, hearts at the, hearts over stripes. When I look down at my where my foot meets my leg, you know, and I see the word certified when I'm dripping in sweat, you know, it, it really makes me feel like an athlete. Yeah, the you good the saying? good part about those those certified socks is it, it says the word certified, but it's on a part of the foot that that is covered by the shoe. So only well, only, depending, pop, I was, only Papa knows. I was rocking. I mean, when I rock my Birkenstocks to the court, because you know, because I got to change into my my sure. court shoes when I get there. You know, then you can look down and see it, which is it's nice. It's it's like a little pick me up in the day. You know, what I mean, it's like a little mm-hmm. secret for me. Yeah, it's a um, it's a it's a daily affirmation where it's like, Bali, by golly, you know what? I am I am certified. I'm I am a certified, certified motherfucking killer. I am, I am, and it was good. <laughs> it it was good to get out there with you again. And that that court that we were in yesterday was nice and and private. It felt yeah. it felt almost like a residential court, which I, I TJ found. I don't know what suburb it's in. It's near. Glendale, but I, it, I don't. It is where, the neighboring city of Glendale. It is, you know, a lot of people ask me for for real estate tips, of course, and you know, this is a TJ pick. No one has the, ever, no one has ever asked you for a real estate tip. No one. I, I've got the golden touch. All right, ask anyone. Ask yeah, anyone. Your, ask anyone down at Keller Williams. Ask anyone <laughs> over at fucking those those jokers down at Compass. They they know where to find me, and they they know My, that I'm TJ, pulling out top pick. <laughs> TJ's I, name but I, but I will say it again. I am always currently looking for any working capital. I can make your <laughs> investment dreams come true. I'm just a little cash poor right now. Um, I understand. I understand. I'm not. I'm not entirely liquid. So, but I do have. <laughs> I do have the skill. I, I do have the skills, and I'm able to choose what neighborhood is going to be. Um, so when you're ready, way, all the way lit in in seven to ten years, which when is a you're great ready investment. To- 
When you're ready to retire from the big city and move out to the suburbs, TJ is your man, the relator to the stars. Yeah, Chris, what I mean, Chris, you 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 collect the bag on a daily basis, but I need I need people who are working with a little bit more capital to play with, you know what I mean? Like you good. No, look, I understand. I mean, I you know I'm a renter. I I like the freedom. I want to be able to come and go as I please. You know what I mean? And, mm. and I my plan is to make as much money as possible so I never have to think about anything again. So I'm is there I'm is there a, a year, an, an age year that you that you want to hit and retire where you don't have to worry? No, about I don't ever. I, why would why would anyone retire? What the fuck? It's so boring. Retirement is for losers. Like honestly, it's so boring. I want to work until I die. Um. Yeah, I, I think maybe as you get a little bit older, you might be singing a different tune. Or maybe if you did something that was, you know, more tangible work, you might you might be feeling uh, a different a different way. I don't, you know, Jason. Since we're partners in the same endeavor, I'm not <laughs> sure if you're in a position to call what I do any different than what you do. That is true. I'm just I'm just saying more of like don't don't get me wrong. You you get the job done. You collect the bag. You're a master of biz dev. And what you are is a is a closer, but you know a lot of the a lot of the the work that you're putting in is not necessarily like a manual tangible task. You know a lot no, of it, Jason, it's all going down I, in the brain, which is not a diss. But I'm it just seems saying, like a, it seems like a diss. Just because I'm not fucking digging holes in my front yard in the suburbs doesn't mean <laughs> I'm not a man. Okay, and I'm sick of this fucking line of questioning. Well, to be honest but, with you. You, you, my friend, are um, you know call him Kodak because you're you're projecting right now. <laughs> God damn it! I mean, <laughs> maybe a little bit. All right. Well, no, I, we need to. I wanted to get onto a, a bigger subject, but I don't know if we have time before we hop on the get on with our guest Sam. So maybe we'll wait for that. But we were recently besmirched and featured in the NY Starter Pack Instagram page. And, yeah, uh, and, and and I I felt like it was honestly a little bit of an attack, considering that you you nor I have ever said hoodie shorts and hoodie season or hoodies and shorts season. That's lame. That is that is lame. There was there was a post made. You know, it was like a starter pack post. We've all seen them where it's a it's a collection of images that truly read someone or a, a thing where it's like you know blah 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 starter pack and then a picture of you know, like a, a crumpled up carton of cigarettes and like a empty coke bag and then you know a cha-cha matcha drink whatever you know whatever and then you're like oh that's me af blah 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 but we had one created about us that that showed like literally 99 percent of the items included in the starter pack had absolutely nothing to do with us and it's and it featured us saying if i hear one more bi-coastal elite fashion twitter accounts mentioning that it's shorts and hoodie weather or season i'm going to lose my mind or whatever and it had like a weird pair of like green nike shorts and like a noah hoodie and like a chair that i've never seen anyone i know have it was it was the chair was pretty nice but i i would say the the, <laughs> the, the chair i mean it, the chair was nice sure the chair the chair was nice but i i don't look i i don't I know. I think her point was that like it's not us; it's our listeners, which is very possible. And and unfortunately, you can't choose who listens to your podcast. So it, you know, it's like you can't choose who wears your clothes. It so is not possible. Even, even though a lot of cool, hot people, you know, listen to this podcast, 
you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of fucking mouth breathers that would wear that outfit that listen to this podcast as well. And, and I disagree. Honest, that is false and fake news. All of our all of our listeners are hot, cool, young. I've said it before. Eighteen to twenty four demo. Fifty <laughs> percent female, fifty percent male, and they are all um, just at the end of the day, really good people who would never yeah. wear shorts and a hoodie or mention that you know wear that together or mention it publicly. You know, unless See, it was an emergency, I, you got to take out the trash or or, or pick I, up a mail package, perhaps. I think it's okay to wear those two garments together, but talking about it seems a little uncouth, a little silly, a little unness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we can I'm leave that also, to the to the jokers over at throwing fits to ever yeah, mention something yeah, about those, that. Those guys can wear their little their their big boots they made with their shorts and their hoodies, and they can go, you know, they can go to Greenpoint or wherever they go, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can go look, take I, a freaking hike if you ask me. I won't be I won't be wearing those kind of get ups to to my local eateries or coffee shops. I will continue to wear um my shorts and my tabby loafers and maybe a tasteful polo or button up. You know mm. what I mean? I don't need you know, also in LA, bro, it's too hot for the hoodie. Like when are you get I, I mean, I have this brand new champion reverse weave vintage Dartmouth hoodie in a perfect green color that I haven't even been able to wear yet because it's so hot. She's sitting on ice, isn't she? I got fucking, I got garms on Deckington and I got nowhere to wear them. Mm, the life of CB. Nobody asked for this hell, but you're living in it. It's really hard. Um, Jason, oh, we do have a guest today. <laughs> <sighs> well, and, um, and, and our guest has been through a lot with us in the last 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, there's been, you know, timing, schedules flipped around we've had some we've had some issues but but our guest today is uh the writer sam hockley smith who actually lives in la thank god he's on pst um he used to work at uh new york magazine's vulture but he's contributed everywhere from uh you know pitchfork to victory journal to stereo gum you know the fader etc 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 and you know luckily timing is is really truly blessed Rolling Stone came out with the 500 best albums of all time today, um, and of course it's torched. But I, I want to—I love having a music business professional on to give us give us their opinion on on you know Marvin Gaye being number one. Like, have, has, have these guys not heard Exile on Main Street? Like, what's the fucking what? <laughs> I what need to fuck? I need to pull this up then. Pull it up, King. Pull it up. But look, let's let's give Sam a call because I'm sure he's anticipating this after 48 hours of bullshit with me via text. Hell yes. Um, so give give him a call and and we'll we'll hash it out. Alrighty then. All right. We do apologize for the runaround. We had some technical difficulties yesterday, and it's you know I want to make sure you understand the blame is fully on Jason as he is the a- AV team of this podcast. I have nothing to do with any technical stuff. <laughs> I don't I don't blame you, Jason. It's okay. It happens. Okay, you can forgive him. I'll hold my grudge. We can we can well, him and I will deal with it privately. Um. Well, you know what I'm saying? I lost my appetite. <laughs> uh, Sam, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm I'm really good. I'm uh, this is gonna sound like really kind of like fancier than it needs to, maybe. But I had my house cleaned for the first time since March, like oh. by a, by a person who isn't me. And sure, sure, sure. I had a feeling that was the catch. Th- this is a this is a very pro professional house cleaning podcast, so we respect that. Yeah, but I mean, my my house was just cleaned. 24 hours ago, baby. And you, you know what? TJ already made a big old mess, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. I mean, I, I'm as a person who's living in a hotel, I get my I get it cleaned as often as I can. But I think the um, 
there's nothing to sheet now. Now, did you have the sheets and towels cleaned or did you do that yourself? Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of like getting it, like having it all washed and then kind of just like having her make the bed, like super pro style. Mm-hmm. I see. Yes. Yeah. Nothing like a crisp corner from a professional. I couldn't agree. You like I a, mean, little if you're... Flo- a little foreplay before, before you really <laughs> yeah. dive in for a deep oh, scrub. Oh, there was definitely some pre-clean cleaning happening. You have to, you have to, it's out of, it's out of respect for, from professional to professional. You have to do that. Um, are you you lived in New York for a long time though, right? Yeah, I lived in New York for twelve years, I think. Wow, graduate, and now you're in you're in sunny Los Angeles, where I am displaced, and Jason is from. What what hood are you living in? I'm in Atwater Village. Oh, Gatwater. We call that Gatwater Spillage <laughs> on this <laughs> side. <laughs> um, but so what Jason, what gangs are you in? Oh, oh, the, the ones that are left. How many are left? <laughs> am I right, brother? It's not even. <laughs> Not my America, um, but right now it is pretty much just the the Tunerville Rascals and uh, the Avenues pretty much holding court in that water. See, I wasn't even aware of that anymore. I thought there was like nothing. Oh uh, yeah, the only the only real gang is like when somebody reaches over you at the farmers market for a, a collection of kale, then, <laughs> which you know, is violence will strike at that point. Which is and it's very fraught now to do that. I feel like my farmers market experiences are like, are like you're like get get your arm away from my body. So are you go, are you going to the Gatwater farmers market? Oh. I've actually as as a person who doesn't cook, I've been to that shock, a shocking amount of times. And do you get oysters or do you get the Jamaican food? I have had both, <laughs> but I don't make a habit of getting either. I feel like as a guy who lived in New York for so long, I'm not like the Jamaican food is good, no hate, but it's not like same quality oh no i mean yeah i mean no one's going to disagree with you on that la has a lot of great food better food than new york in some areas but jamaican food and anything of the caribbean type we we are not at, at all coming close to new york and that's it's not so, bad <laughs> it's, it's passable but but what celebrities have you seen at proof bakery oh man uh natalie portman Classic Portman viewing area. Her fat ass yeah. is there every fucking day. <laughs> I have more once seen you there, Jason. <laughs> Damn, you haven't seen. You know, Portman's putting down the canales. Like I don't know how. She, I don't know how she's doing it. But, yeah, um, I kind of stopped going there after it turned into like a weird liberal arts coffee shop. But you know, you you wasn't there back in the day. You know, you were probably still in New York when it was when it was prime proofing. But. You know, you, that's no fault of your own, Sam. That's true. It's not my fault. I did see uh, a funny one that I, this doesn't count, but a very uh, specific moment was walking by there, like right before the pandemic started, and seeing Zach De La Roca and LP having a conversation about that it. is that is actually <laughs> my fucking nightmare. Hey, one one out nightmare. of two ain't bad. De La Roche <laughs> is, De La, is look. De La Roche revisionist history yet again. We talked about on this podcast. Raging the Machine was radio rock, and now they're looked at as this thing that they weren't. I don't get it. The only cool thing about De La Roche is that he was in Inside Out. That's the coolest thing about him is that he's a real hardcore kid. That is the coolest thing about him, but I think in terms of rock star energy, rock star lifestyle swag, he you could do a lot worse than De La Roche, and he probably – you know, does good things with his supreme riches that he has created over the years. And he's probably a chill, normal guy. I used to yell De La Roach at him whenever I saw him, and he, <laughs> he did not enjoy it whatsoever. Do you think him do you think him and Morello are splitting this shit equally, Sam? Or do you think who's got the who's got the more royalties coming through? Uh 
I would guess that's a great question. That is a really hard question to answer. I was about to just impulsively say that he's got more and Morello's kind of like, I think Morello you know, donated all that donated too much of it. So, so he was, his money taking privileges were revoked. No, I, I think, he, he was, you know, <laughs> I think they made a similar amount of money, you know, maybe even the same amount of money, but, but Tom, you know, he spent it all on like MIT degrees and, and ACL donations. And Zach is over here getting the fucking Escalade on. That's, put it that's up cool. On but but LP is my enemy. He doesn't know that. Um, but Run the Jewels are my enemy. Um, so, <laughs> but I understand those guys linking and building. It kind of makes sense. Sam, are you, a, are you a are you a Run the Jeweler? Are you a, are you a Jewel stand? It's complicated. The short answer is no. The long Good, answer we're is we're about to we're about to hang up. We're about to hang up. <laughs> okay. The, what is? Why is it complicated? LP, is LP your cousin? Is LP your cousin? L- LP is not my cousin, but I have a, uh, you know, everyone's got their like teenage music thing. And my teenage music thing oh. was underground rap in a very, very deep way. And Sam, you're a deaf jucks daddy. <laughs> I am. I, <laughs> I, I would say that those two. Yeah. I mean, sure. I guess I'm going to have to. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Fuck it. I am. My name is Sam. Take, and I, am, I am a deaf jucks daddy. Hold what, for applause. What was your, what, what was your, what were your number one deaf jucks releases? Oh man. Well, I was, I was in high school when they were coming out, like with the prime. So like, I would say it was probably the cannibal ox album, the cold vein that Ooh, baby, <laughs> that first LP solo album, fantastic damage. And then, uh, Aesop rocks labor days. Oh my God. Okay. Well, it's been nice having right, you. Ladies, Thanks for ladies please. We're going to talk. We're, we're going to talk about Everlane in a minute. Just hold tight. <laughs> I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta own this stuff. That's like, the I only agree. Thing no, I've no, it's true. It's true. Well, we all, we all have our own version of deaf jucks skeletons yeah, in our closet, yes, right? Yes. Jason, Jason and I also, you know, we, we were both into hardcore, so we think that's cool when in reality it's all kind of the same. It's all the same shit. It's all like, it's all, I mean, I know I listened to the, not to get too self-referential, but I listened to the podcast you have with my friend Matthew Schnipper and I was listening yes. to you guys talk about hardcore and thinking about how we spent years just arguing about whose music knowledge was more irrelevant, my underground rap knowledge or his <laughs> hardcore knowledge. And I think mine's more irrelevant. I mean, I just I find even. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I just for whatever reason, I, I didn't ever. That stuff was just not part. I mean, I knew about it and like listened to it a little bit. It was like fringes to me, but that just wasn't really around in my life. And and I'm you know I thank God every day for that. I think I think both <laughs> genres under underground like punk and hardcore, and then underground hip hop like you know they both have the same amount of of getting people to have sex with you which is zero they both mm-hmm. have the same amount of like weird fringe breakout success stories where you get like an m&m that turns into you know the most famous rapper in the world or you get a you know like you said a de la roach you know headline. or fallout boy you know let's use a better example Ugh, you know stuff, fallout something boy. like Ugh. like a real a real band you know what i mean let's just <laughs> you know band that actually sold some records you know had big hits you know Still relevant today. Do you think Fallout Boy sold more records than Rage Against the Machine? You fucking dumb dumb. Come on, bro. I mean, dude, honestly, I would like to see that. Let's I take it. Let's do it. Let's take it to the tape. Well, first of I all, like Fallout to- Boy, one of the absolute worst bands of all time. 
I'm not going to let you do that on this podcast, Jason. Ball Boy oh, has class, bro. Oh God, he. Lo- I mean, he just looks like Magic the Gathering, like sorcery guy. He, I don't care. He's, I'm he's not never saying had his penis sucked in his whole life, and he's singing <laughs> falsettos about like. Oh God! Oh, sorry. He sounds like Michael Jackson. You don't like that? That's your problem. Yeah, but, like, I mean, I'm not. I, I stopped listening to Michael Jackson after some news surfaced, Chris. You not so much. <laughs> I refuse to I, play his music, Jason. As a Chris Brown defender, I'm not going to allow you. To just, yeah, Jason's a Chris. Jason is a Chris Brown apologist and confirmed on the record. Proud card carrying member of Team Breezy. I make no make no mistakes of it. Uh, Chris Brown makes a good song and does a good dance. Follow Chris Boy Brown, makes awful music for uh, for for like autistic teens who have weight problems. Fall Out Boy has at least five good songs. At least. Sam, back me up here. I What do you mean by say- good? <laughs> what do you I mean cannot. by good? You, I mean, there's a difference between good and then successful or like money-making hits. I think they have at least three that cross both of those things. No, I mean, by that regard, like, so does LMFAO. And and more power to them. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, you're just, I, I don't, you can't be that mad at Fall Out Boy. I mean, I'm, I prefer Panic the Disco if I had to choose, but, <laughs> you know, oh, both, both. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would rather listen to Panic at the Disco than Fall Out Boy. I would rather listen to My Chemical Romance than Fall Out Boy as well. For sure, I agree with both of those things. I, I just think that Fall Out Boy has good a few good songs. That's all I'm saying. Mm. And and I've told you my Pete Wentz story on this podcast, right? Where I got so high, and then I walked into to his house, and Ashley Simpson was there, and they were painting. Disney had sent official artists over to paint the, their nursery for their uh, their upcoming I don't think child. I, I don't think I did hear this story, Chris. Are you kidding? Are you making fun of me? No, I'm not kidding. I'm dead ass. <laughs> that's the that's the story. My friend was living. My friend who worked for them was was living in their pool house, and him and I got fucking you know took one to the dome. You were high on what? I was high on marijuana. Okay, and we okay, walked. Okay. This is actually a great story. So I, we walk into the house. Ashley is there with with multiple artists from Disney, and they painted the nursery with Disney characters, like officially licensed, okay. which is very <laughs> very sick. And then. I got in the car and I was so blazed and I ran out of fucking gas on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, they lived in like Bandit Canyon. Yeah, anyway, that I but I don't I want to say this. <laughs> I want to say, you know, I don't have personal allegiances to Fall Out Boy. I actually just think some of the songs are good. Even though even though in my time we were friendly, you know, it was business only. I, Man, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't show favoritism. Nobody's perfect. Um, but but Sam works at the Fader, so he probably thinks we're lame for liking all this cool music. No, no. So I when I Worked at the Fader. I was there from 2006, 2007 through 2012. And Glory days. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I happened to, I remember being there with Will Welch, now the editor of GQ. And he was like the first person I knew who was like, who I knew personally, who was like, you know who's good? My Chemical Romance. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? And that's why Will Welch is at the top right now. That's why Will Welch is on the top of Massac because he understood that the fucking Black Parade wasn't going to stop. Oh, God. <laughs> that's actually, I mean, I do think though now, we've talked about this a little bit on this podcast, but I think that growing up, it was very uncool to have like a very diverse taste in music. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like you like this one thing. And now I feel like all these sites that you contribute to, Mm-hmm. Um, are, are, it's very much, it's very cool to like intellectualize pop music and mm-hmm. I'm for it, but I, I don't, 
when did that shift happen? Because I feel like I, it just happened overnight and now it's part of the lexicon and part of the conversation at all times. Yeah. It, so it happened, it happened once before and people kind of forgot in like 2008. Um, uh-huh when you had like magazines like blender and stuff like that, yes, yes. Who, who like made that was like their whole thing is like, we're going to be serious about pop music. And like, I don't, and, and then now it's fully back. And I think it, it probably happened. It was happening like in 2012 a little bit, but I think really what happened was like, as soon as companies started realizing they need to sell ads on the internet, people yeah. just started caring a whole lot more about pop music, which is like a pretty boring answer. But I think is just like, honestly what happened? Like it's not, uh, I guess it's probably rooted in taste. I guess there's probably some sort of like study that you could do of like all the 24 year olds that came up, like not reflexively hating on popular things because they were popular yeah. mm-hmm. and like just are now professionals. But like, you know, at the time, I really think it was just like, all right, we got to sell ads and it has to be off of like our, our clicks and no one's clicking on stuff they don't know about. So, Wait, no, that's, I mean, that's definitely true. That, <laughs> but also, that's 100% you know, but true. I, I think pop music as a whole, you know, people started taking it more seriously as a genre when, you know, like, like Robin and, and, you know, people started liking like the old Kylie Minogue stuff Mm -hmm. and certain, certain songs and genres. And uh, that was considered like dumb pop music in the past ended up being like kind of a good song that we all ended up liking, you know, Britney Spears stuff is celebrated now. And, you know, maybe people are just getting better at doing it, better at creating pop music as a real style versus just like a, a commodity. But don't you feel like it's kind of boring right now? I think it's right now I pers- it's bad, yeah. I think it's hip hop. I think hip hop is what pushed it over the I think that like the popularity of hip hop and that becoming popular music is like yeah. it's cooler to like that and talk about that than it is to talk about Ariana Grande. You, you know what I mean? And, but like and, and hip hop has become pop music. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, hip hop is all anybody wants to talk about, besides you know me and what yeah, Ariana. Ball, like. Ariana has not had a slap in a while. You know, um, who you know, all all the great. I mean, other than like Dua Lipa, you know, not much pop music is really grabbing grabbing America or the world by the by the balls too much. Do people do people still like music? Just generally, um, a little bit, but in generally, I don't, I don't think people really care about music that much. They care about oh. dancing, and they care about music videos and dancing, and they care about podcasts and stuff. But <laughs> music, music as a whole, you know, I don't really. Other than Chris, people aren't really listening to it that much, from what I've seen, just with the homies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. It's like, I have a whole theory that I developed that is, that would probably get me in trouble for saying it on Twitter. So I'll just say it here, which is, which is, Hey, excuse me. Hold on. Before you get into this, don't imply that no one listens to this podcast because we will hang up the phone. No, when you see where I'm going, you'll see why. They don't have a way to directly reply to us. They'll just send him a DM and be like, you know what? You shouldn't have said, you know, I will get a DM that said you shouldn't have made fun of fallout boy and saying that autistic <laughs> people listen to it. And that's fine. I love autistic people. I, I, this is the, one of the only podcasts that I listen to and that's not even a lie. Woo! Wow. <laughs> blessed. Blessed. So what, but what is your, what is your my, theory? So my theory is that I don't know when it happened, but something happened in the way that people interacted with music. And the only thing that I can figure out is that there's been this like gradual, subtle takeover of kind of, both in, in artists and the people covering music of theater kids. 
Oh, and, I like this. Oh. <laughs> Fucking and, door, so it's, door it's worse than I thought. <laughs> and I'm not like I can't. I'm I'll, I'm. I'll go see a play, whatever. But like, I'm not down for a musical. Like, I think musicals are just. I cannot sit through a musical. Uh, musicals and, are all trash, baby. Hamilton, get it out of here. La La Land, thank you. suck this, my this dick. This is a known. This is a known Hamilton hating zone. Um, I'm, I'm I, with I, you. I did see the Carol King musical starring my friend Vanessa Carlton and enjoyed it. So I, you I, know, I, I also saw there's exceptions I, I, to every rule, Chris. That's true. Did you enjoy it? You can even no. slander. No, no wow. I, I did not so, enjoy it. I was waiting so for it to be over. So you don't like. So you don't like hits. I guess that's true. You were. You were. You had your AirPods in listening to fucking Cannibal Ox instead of paying attention <laughs> to the classic Jewish songstress. I, I mean, yeah, but the disrespect you, is unbelievable. Not much is cooler than Cannibal Ox, uh, Chris. Or, I mean, Cannibal Ox is not cooler than much, but it is cooler than Theater Kids, I'm sorry to say. That's, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I don't think you're wrong about this theory. Okay, so, no, can I, you I, expand on this, my brother? Yeah, sure. So I, I noticed it because I was, I was feeling... It was. I was feeling like I would. I would see people talking about music, and I was feeling alienated. And I was like, "Why am I feeling alienated by this? Like, this is the same opinion that anyone else has." And I realized that, like, the way that everyone talks about things is like super performative, and they value this like excessive, like kind of fake emotion in music more than they used to. And I don't mean like mm. in like a cool fake pop way. I mean in this like really dramatic way that I'm not like. I don't. Dude, are you talking? Are you talking about Lana Del Rey? No, no, I think Lana Del Rey's. I, mean, you, I think Lana Del Rey's cool. Fine, you, she's fine. Are you t- who are giving us an example of somebody? Like, maybe I, I think I see that a lot with you know maybe like a Juice World type. You know, rest in peace, King. But like you know, people who do that kind of sing songy style of like you know your heart being broken and you're sad and depressed and you want to kill yourself I'm, and all that shit. No, I'm fine with that because there's like a genuine like youth movement around it. Like if there's like real kids in real life that connect with that, I'm all for it. It's more like it's more like when Taylor Swift does something and I'm just like this doesn't feel like I don't this yeah, just feels she, like Taylor you're Swift like reading a, a script. It's a true theater kid energy for sure. Yeah, and and like that to me just translates to everything else and I'm just like not it's just it's boring. I'm not interested in it. I don't like the I don't like I think that I think that being cool is important and Hell yeah. coolness <laughs> coolness is like not valued in music right now the way that it Damn, should be. Damn, I you know what or you're the right. world. or the world. But <laughs> I, I didn't want to go that, that far. <laughs> like the like to me the big the, one of the harder pills I had to swallow musically was the the absolute insanity over that Fiona Apple album that sucked. Like I could not believe the, the the way people were like it was so it was so deeply uncool and i just was like i don't understand what people are clamoring about this isn't good and yeah and it's but not- also everybody a month later all realized and fessed up to the fact that they did actually think it does suck at at the end of the day so they they, they <laughs> did make their yeah. reparations but but I think that I think that like Lana Del Rey is leaning into not being cool and being like a chubby Midwesterner and it makes me want to have sex with her even more I can't back that. Like, I don't, I'm never, I mean, Lana Del Rey had a couple straight bangers out of the mm-hmm. gate. And, and after that, I was like, I'm good on this. Like, it's not bad. It's just like, it's not interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I don't like her new music as much as, as her old music. That's for sure. But there still is a part of her that, you know, that has that George W energy where I would like to have a <laughs> beer with her and ride around in the, in the Silverado and, you know, just eat, 
eat <laughs> uh, Duncan all day with her or something, you know? I understand. Jason, That I could see that for you as like an Orange County redneck. You could move to Tulsa <laughs> and replace her cop boyfriend. That's um, right. I think they broke I up. Did, they did break up. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think her like leading into this thing is so weird and captivating that it, I, I, I can't take my eyes away. I will say that. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane what she's doing. Do you feel like you don't understand it? I definitely don't understand it because, like, where's she from? Like, L.A.? I have no idea. I can't remember. This but... isn't her. What I'm saying is this. I'm, I'm almost positive this is not her culture, though. It's not like me returning to Atlanta and buying a, a yellow truck and getting a Confederate flag. That's my culture. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, what, what, what she is and what she looks like and, like, the persona that she's created now in the public to me is like what every female superstar artist of her same age range would look like and dress like and act like if they truly were were full YOLO mode and did not give an absolute F. Like if if Katy Perry let it all go, she would look like that. And and Taylor and everyone else, you know, all these superstar women, you know, we already know Pink would look like that, but you know, a Hals a Halsey or all these don't talk about like, Halsey. Halsey. No, don't talk about Halsey. We ain't going for that. Halsey one. keeps it tight and right, sure. But you know, if if she didn't have to, if she just said "fuck it," she would. I I think she would just she would long. Well, let's out. take what about what about like an example? I think is is closer is a Gwen Stefani, who has fully gone redneck. I'm literally gonna. I'm married or going to marry a redneck, a mm-hmm. professional redneck. But Gwen Stefani is still looks amazing and looks like a superstar. No, she looks like a she looks like a monster. She looks insane. She's one of those she people like, that's just going to be a freak for the rest of her life. She's, she's not, had a lot of plastic. <laughs> she's had a lot of plastic surgery, but that's not. I mean, that's Hollywood, baby. You, Jason, you've had a little tummy tug. Don't lie. No, 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 no. That's that's, that's fake news, brother. You yeah. had okay. I I didn't want to bring this up, but you had your chin shaved just a little bit, and I, I appreciate the jawline. You mentioned that you would never mention that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so in the heyday of the fader, yeah. can we talk about the beef with Vice and how you guys tried to put a different race on both covers to sell more magazines? <laughs> uh. <laughs> can we confirm that that was basically you put a, you put a white chick on one side and a cool rapper on the other side? Tell me, show me the lie. So th- it's more like there was nuance to it, I would say, <laughs> uh, and it was not it was not every single issue, but. Uh, I think that the general thing was like, what you got to remember is like at that time, there weren't a lot of other publications that were like, true that were, that were treating all types of music as like, could go in one place. Like you had rap magazines, then you had like Rolling Stone and Spin who were like, kind of maybe like dipping into rap, but like their bread and butter was not rap. And so the fader was really like the only place where it felt like the reason that I even tried to work there, like when I did, which was literally right out of college was like, it was the only magazine that felt like it reflected like my actual music taste, which was like, yeah. I grew up listening to rap, but also like for some reason knew a lot about like indie rock and stuff like that. So yeah, I you like, like, I can tell you liked MGMT like we did. That's cool. <laughs> I'm into Norwegian actually, black metal and I also enjoy MIA and Santi Gold. <laughs> yeah. Santi, was, well, Gold, <laughs> Santi Gold is the ultimate fader artist to me. Uh-huh. And that yeah, was like I, right when I came in and they were like, cause it was always like, because that was she was after MIA and like the goal was always like how do we get like like how like how are there not more people that are like MIA that are like doing similar things musically in terms of like just taking from whatever and little did she they know there's like only one MIA. Do that. 
Well, yeah. there's only one fucking Diplo is really the, yeah. the bottom line, you know. And Diplo Diplo was a Diplo wrote Diplo wrote some fader cover stories, which no one ever talks about anymore. Wait, what? Yeah. Diplo well, we, wrote, we, look, we call him Wes on the West podcast. Wes does it all, brother. <laughs> but I didn't know Wes was sick with the pen. Yeah, he's nice. He's nice with the motherfucking pen. I think it was like a, a little collaborative. Like he got the good notes through and hey, kind of like documented. He wrote, what, he wrote what? a cover story on. Do you guys remember that song, Next Tell Chirp? Yeah, of, course. of course. Jason played that in the club many times during his yeah, DJ so career. Macy, sure. and, the, and the whole piece was supposed to be about like, uh, like snap music. And it just so happened that this was before my time at the theater, but they pegged snap music to the wrong artist kind of like the predictions no. of Maceo was not like, not like they pegged it to the wrong person who created it, but it was kind of like oh, Maceo, Maceo is going to be like the, like at the forefront of this new subgenre, And then it just like, wasn't him. It was like D4L. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> D4L friend of the podcast. How long yeah, gone great. favorite D4L? Man. How long gone? I mean, I legends, ATL legends. And now, I mean, and now that snap music is, has been sampled for wet ass pussy and all types of popular, popular music out today. Which makes me yeah. feel old. It oh, yeah. also it makes, me, makes me feel old. But I mean, I think that I think that the fader. I I think the fader was successful with doing that. I just I was vice at the time, and there was a beef, bro. It was it oh, was yeah. understood that you couldn't cross enemy lines, and yeah. one of you was giving me a check, and the other one wasn't. So you know where I stand. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty ass. cheap. I'm pretty cheap. But did you? So did you write a lot of cover stories? I wrote a lot of cover stories. Uh, I became. I sort of like my beat was like it was funny like I came in so I came in and I was like the it was before there was like a real avenue for like kids like me to actually like make it in the industry so I was like 21 and I was in this office and I was like there were other people my age but I like the fader was so small that I was always trying to get I was like I would be like this is the next big artist like we got to do something with this artist and the whole staff would kind of be like yeah sure whatever like we'll get to that eventually and then finally I was like right enough times that my yeah, let's, kind let's, of became let's, let's talk about who you let's talk about who you found in the minor leagues and brought them up let's talk about it sure uh you know it feels weird I always feel weird talking about it because it's like I didn't you know they these people were going to be famous if it no, 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 weird, no, Sam. You know, no. look, real estate is my my gift. Yours <laughs> is music, and don't don't shy away from that. Yeah, sure, you right. shy away from who you are. So let's call them out. Who who did right, who did uh, you discover? I discovered no one. I helped make famous. <laughs> uh, I would say Tame Impala was probably like the biggest. Wow, J- J- Jason's favorite, and, <laughs> and you know what? For me, I want to say a big fuck you for that. Um, those guys are fucking annoying. <laughs> I, I've, I've, got, I've always got a soft spot for them. Chris, I, why, I are, why, what is annoying to you about Tame Impala? Tame Impala is at this point like Mercedes commercial music, but I, I just never, I get the, I, I, I wasn't ever opposed to it, but it never, I like never listened to that really. It was like I, I don't know. I just because it seems. I mean, it it almost has all of the trappings of of a CB music. Like it, it the production quality Bitch, is there. Evan Dando. Evan Dando is not in the band, so it ain't. <laughs> all right, all right. Look, they they lay down a tasty groove. They, if they are, they're not Uncle Tupelo. They don't sound like Uncle Tupelo's Sunbolt. Oh my god! I mean, it's it's pointless, really. God, like it's there, and also I just something about it. It just. Some bands like that, it's elevator music to me in some ways. Even though it's more interesting than that, maybe it's become that. But in the beginning, I'm sure it was like really exciting. It was cool. It was like 
there wasn't there wasn't really a lot of bands like that at the time and i, totally. I got sent uh like a CDR with like three or four songs on there and just like freaked out about them. Uh, Australians and love like, a CDR. <laughs> especially in like 2007. Dude. We mailed oh, a yeah. CDR to the office. <laughs> it's a big little disc. And so I went, <laughs> and so I ended up just like kind of being part of their career in this weird way. And like one of the last, one of the last Fader cover stories I wrote is I went to Perth uh, this was like the stupidest thing. Damn, I who to, paid? Who paid for that? Because I know the Fader, Fader didn't. Golden Days Fader paid for it. <laughs> wow! Days, yeah. So you did acid with Kevin Parker in his house. I I went to his house, but I did not do acid. I was there. I flew to Perth the whole trip, including flights and time change. I was gone for about five days, which meant what? it was like <laughs> it was like two days of flying and then like a day and a half. Perth is a long, out. long flight. It was Perth brutal. Is, Perth is really fast. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> okay, so you, yeah, that's cool. I, I one time I went to a record store in Perth and I took a picture of a dead stock silver chair dad had, but I did not buy it, and that's my biggest regret in in fashion. Oh yeah, I'd be trying to buy that off you right now yeah, if you had it. I would say so. I would say that silver chair is better than Tame Impala. Silver chair crawled so so Tame Impala could walk. Sure, but it's two it's two different things. <laughs> it is very okay. different. Okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. So, what did you do with Kevin Parker? Uh, we um, we we had a lot of meals. We wandered around. We broke into a beach that was like fenced off for some reason. Uh, we had a Dude, really fu- y'all did funny everything o- except kiss. <laughs> we had a really funny awkward moment where uh, <laughs> the town that he lives in is or live, grew up in is so small that after I went back to my hotel, I was like. He had he was going to do something else, and I was walking down the street to like go get myself dinner or something like that. And I ran into him, and it was like when like one of the Batman movies had come out, and he was going. And it it had come out in Australia, and he was going to see it with his <laughs> girlfriend. And he felt like we ran into each other on the street, and he clearly felt like he had to invite me to this movie with him and his girlfriend. <laughs> but I was like so so clearly didn't want me to come, and I so clearly didn't want to go that we had this like weird standoff over like. A Batman movie that we were, it was just like a very odd. Experience. If you want, you can come with us to see The Dark Knight. No, Tame and Paula, it's fine. I don't want to go see it. <laughs> tame, hey, Tame, it's cool, bro. I don't want to go. Um, that's a pretty big claim to fame, but let's move on to number two. Who, who else we have in the, in the you Sam can't Hawk have any submit? more Tame to Fames in that, in that oh. pocket of yours? Pull it out. What do you got? Uh, I got, uh, Salem. <laughs> okay, you know what? We need to talk Uh-oh. about this. Because <laughs> people's, people's. I mean, I was there for all that, and I'm like, I like Salem. I think it's cool. But is Salem is the excitement right now just nostalgia, or is this new shit actually slapping? So, I think, I think the, the new the new songs have not blown me away yet. Uh, I think they're promising. Same. But I think that – so I think it's partly nostalgia and I think it's partly like a lot of people who didn't know what to do with it last time around who kind of feel bad that they're hating on it. And like <laughs> – like I, I get it. Like I – you know, the, Salem was the first experience I had where like the simple act of me writing about them and trying to like put them on like kind of screwed them up a little bit. And I feel guilty about it to this day. Like I – you know, I was like a big champion of Salem so they got booked to play the Fader Fort. In Texas, which was like 
the that show was, they did. I remember was that was a show it. that did really bad, right? Like they, it, they had an awful performance and it was like a, it became like an internet thing, right? Yeah. It essentially like destroyed their, their like cred for a while. Did they get, did they get, were they signed to a major? No, they didn't. They were, they were on this, this like kind of major indie basically. I think, the, I think they were, mm. I mean, they, they kind of look like, the movie Good Time now, which I didn't realize until after the fact, but I think I think maybe they they were probably a part of a Good Time mood board when they were when they were putting together the visual elements. But I was I was asking or talking about it in the group chat can can Salem survive in a post hundred gex world that we live in right now? What say you, Sam? Uh, I think that the it depends on how people take the concept of a white dude pitching his voice down when he raps. Which is what's happening there a lot, and you know, tough time, tough times for that kind of experimentation right now. Yeah, I thought, but the well, songs have come out, and he does it on the songs, yeah, and no not, one has said anything. That's what a so. lot of people, a lot of people do that nowadays, and a lot, you know, there's a lot of successful, you know, like Suicide Boys type of shit where it's like white guys making awful versions of like slowed and throwed or like reverbed out, you know, a poor man's chopped and screwed style music. Uh, it's it's. I mean, I, I think there you you have to be like more maximal about about your your branding and presentation to really succeed. And Salem is always going to be too cool for school in that regard. I think where wasn't wasn't his thing though. He's like hot. He well, there's there there at one point was three of them, and yeah, the kind of the guy who who raps is is an attractive man who uh, Courtney Love was friends with for a while, maybe still is. It's a big old I had flag, a, baby. Is he straight? <laughs> is he straight or gay? He's fluid. Hell yeah! So he's so maybe he is for the moment. If he look, I could see it. He just needs to get in a little editorial, you know. Unfortunately, Purple Magazine isn't what it used to be. <laughs> <sighs> you know, <laughs> might be a roadblock. Might be a roadblock for him. I think the definitive Salem story that I have that, and I don't remember what year it was, but maybe the details will be able to place it. Is it was the winter. And it was after it was after that that like kind of fateful fader for it performance, and I was at the Jane Hotel, so there is one thing. And Sweetie, I was probably there too. He probably and he came in, and we never met in person. He was wearing white tennis shorts, and it was like full on like New York February winter. Sick. And uh, he, I got introduced to him as Sam from the Fader, and he jokingly, I guess jokingly, was like, "Thanks for ruining my career," and like grabbed my shoulders and pretended to knee me in the balls. Uh, and I was wow. kind of like, I mean, we were, you know, we, it was friendly. Like we talked for more minutes, but I think about that all the time. Cause I was like, in this joke, there's like some truth and it's not my fault, but I do feel guilty about it. Well, you know what? Unfortunately, as a, as a true journalist, you can't, you know, they, they dug their own grave. If you suck, you suck. Well, in fault. what way do you think you ruin their career? Well, I think that I just like, you know, there's this thing, like what they were doing, I think is now fine. Like the fact that they that they didn't really have a good live show was like not something yeah. that people really could comprehend back then. They're like, "Well, what do you mean? You're like a working musician. Like, how come yeah. your like live show isn't good?" Mm-hmm. But now it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, I don't, you know. It's you, like, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, have you have you had some some altercations with subjects? Has anybody like confronted you about something bad? Has there ever been a real knee to the groin? Exactly. Uh, no, I've had like. Uh, I've had like wet guns. I had a gun pulled on me once. What? 
Yeah, so Chris, you did, Chris, so keep you talking sweet about Run the Jewels and Killer Mike is going to pull <laughs> no, out the I, AR-15 I real fast. Killer Mike, is, Killer Mike is pro-police, so you never know what could happen with Killer Mike. <laughs> no, he's strapped up. He's got the Draco on him, bro. He's got the, he definitely he's has got the, the Draco character. on him. <laughs> it wasn't because of anything I wrote. It was just like introducing a – like I was like being brought into a world and no one had ever written about these artists before and they were like sort of understandably suspicious of me. Where and, was this, and what artists are we talking about? Man, I don't. I feel bad saying it because I feel like the gun thing is like very uh, illegal. I guess, was, I guess it was a long time ago. If uh, it happened, it happened, bro. Look, the truth will well, say. If you, you don't, you don't, you don't have to say. You can you shut can, up, Jason. Shut up, Jason. Give us a clue. Chris can guess it if you give him a clue. So okay, well here's the thing: is it? It wasn't so okay. So <laughs> <laughs> the very, very, very first Fader story that I ever did, uh, feature that I ever did was I had come across um, this rap crew in Huntsville, Alabama. And is it Rich Boy? No, this was after Rich Boy. Uh, okay. They didn't really, they kind of like, they kind of made a name for themselves a little bit. Like Diplo got in the mix at one point. Oh, here really we go. Wes, Wes again coming <laughs> up on this fucking is podcast. It, is it Paper Route? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't remember. I like randomly came across a song. Like they had these producers who were like incredible, who were like making, like they had that song with that guy, Jackie Chain, Roland. That was like yeah. the first time that I think I maybe ever heard like a, like a trance song flipped as a sample. Less uh, well, you, like, you never, you never, you've never heard dim jeans DJ sets then because oh. he did a lot of, <laughs> he did a lot of trance stuff that was kind of early. I'll, I'll send you some, I'll send you some MP3s. I'm a trance man. Sure. I guess, you, I guess you weren't on the holler board, but go ahead. I, he probably I, was actually. I, I lurked it occasionally, but so it wasn't one of them that pulled a gun on me. It was like when I got there, there was like a bunch of people around and it was sort of like some of them knew that there was like a reporter coming through. Some of them didn't. And mm-hmm. one guy who was there like didn't know and kind of like pulled out of his waistband and he didn't like do, he was just like, kind of like, it was like a threatening. Like, he was let, he was letting you know that, that he had a weapon and he would use it on your little white ass. If you there said was a lot wrong. of like, who is this guy? And like, why would a writer come down here? Which is like very understandable considering the fact mm-hmm. that like, this was still like, you know, there was no, like, we were like a national magazine and I was like, you guys don't even have like, like, I can't even like buy a CD from you, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was more like, here's what's going on in this, like in Huntsville, Alabama and in, in rap music. And it ended up being a great experience. And I stayed in touch with like most of those guys and still talk to them. And, you know, I don't know what the deal was with that one dude, but <laughs> Look, there's, there's one of those guys in every crew. It's fine. Yeah. Jason, Jason's that guy in our Jason's crew. Jason's that guy. Jason, I've never yeah. seen, never seen Jason pull a gun. Luckily. <laughs> Yeah, well, well you're, yeah, you are better for it because he'll wet up the whole block. Jason, <laughs> Jason ain't afraid to let it spray. That's his whole thing. Yeah, I have the toolie <laughs> on me right now. <laughs> I'm currently gripping the toolie. Um, all right, so you, so you, so you. Okay, that's a pretty good list so far. Let's let's round it out with a third, just to really pump you up. Oh man, jeez. Uh, this one I wasn't as. This one I didn't get to go as far with, but I definitely was the first person to write about the weekend. Wow. Uh, wow. And, Glass and table it, girls. And it didn't. Two yeah, out of three name bad. <laughs> Jason's, a, Jason's a weekend hater. Luckily, I'm OG OVO crew, certified lover boy in store soon. And I I was I understand the appeal of Abel testify. You know what I'm saying? And I understand the early stuff. Jason wasn't there. Jason wasn't in Toronto at the in the time. I get it, Jason. I get it. You weren't at Jason was at OVO Fest one, Sam. I was. I don't know. I was, I'm there. cool. <laughs> 
Uh, oh yeah, you're cool. Sorry, you were busy DJing with Stevie Oki. You're cool. Um, this is way after that loser. That's true. That's true. You were DJing with someone else. I can't even think of their name. But I. I so what did you write about the weekend? So it was just like the a, like a song, or even maybe like one song had come out and no one knew what it was. And I was like, this is amazing. I got to like just you know, it was in the classic like blogging era. So I just like blogged about it, and we got we all got very excited about it. We didn't know there was any kind of like Drake connection yet. And then that started to emerge and there was this like months and months long push where we were like, we got to get the weekend on the cover of the fader and no one knew what he looked like. And he ended up not doing it. And I remember being like, why would you not? Like I still to this day, I'm like, that probably would have been like the best look for him at the time. You should have hit my line. I could have, you know, put you in touch, but I, I understand. You know what look, I mean? We if didn't if I look like the weekend, I wouldn't want to be photographed either. We could even we did some like we put some people that didn't want to show their face on the cover in ways where you couldn't see their face uh, and it was fine. Zombie, we did it. The list goes yeah. on. Zombie. That, maybe that was it. Actually. <laughs> yeah, zombie fucking rules, baby. Even though he's That's a bad a, person. Where did he go? He like kind of disappeared, huh? Yeah, I think he. I think he was had a little bit too much of the gear and lost his mind and probably like you know hit hit someone that he shouldn't have or you know. Can I ask you guys who zombie? Can I ask you who zombie is? He's uh he's an infamous kind of mythical British producer that makes like grime and UK funky two step music. Um, kind of like I don't know, like yeah, he just kind of like produced like grime instrumentals and and he made some really really cool music. But he's known for notoriously being an asshole, not showing up to sets, you know, being abusive to women. I believe like all kinds of bad shit. Yeah. Mm, R.I.P. Zombie. Well, so. You also worked at Vulture, correct? Yes, I did. Right before I moved out to LA. Okay, I got some beef with your your ex coworker Craig. <laughs> what's what's Craig. your beef? <laughs> Craig likes de- Craig likes the Deftones too much, and I don't I, liking the Deftones is that's that's on site for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you fuck with the do you, Sam? Do you fuck with the Deftones? I fucked with the Deftones. Yeah, when I was fourteen, the Deftones were fucking bomb as hell, baby. I actually, all, all joking aside, Craig's brilliant. I love his work. I love following him on Twitter. Deftones, it seems like a hill he's willing to die on. He, the thing about Craig is that he is, uh, his Twitter presence is like a lot more intense than his real life presence. And it's you know, all, some say that some say that about me. No, you know, I can't say the same thing about you. You are, you, oh. are, you are, you are as loudmouth IRL and IR, IRT. In real Twitter, mm. so you're so you're saying that Craig capping for the Deftones could be just part of a persona, or do you think he's really white horse hive? No, he definitely he definitely he <laughs> he would he would be totally fine with me saying that he loves the Deftones. Uh, Damn, that's yeah, crazy. but wouldn't you wouldn't you rather die on the on the on the Deftones hill than say a Fallout Boy hill? No, yes, hundred percent, no. yes, hundred no. thousand. Loaded, yes. loaded, God complex, cock it and pull it. I'll die. I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I the depth. The, Fallout Boy. I just the thing is, no one, no one talks about Fallout Boy. There's some critically acclaimed deep artists. Everybody knows what they are. The Deftones. People talk about like it's some life changing music. But it. But for a lot of people, like they were like they were. Deftones they were did like a full gateway dish. band. Like they're a good, they're a hot topic mouth breather suburban gateway band, Jinko band. That's yeah, what they are. But but if you're like if you if you were like 14 when they were out there like covering the Smiths, maybe the first time you heard the Smiths was because yeah, of through a Deftones cover. Yeah, don't don't look, Sam. I see what you're doing, and I know I know <laughs> what you're trying to do. You're trying to bait me with the Smiths, the best band of all time. 
I'm not going to go there, Sam, because I learned about the Smiths through cool. Yeah, hardcore who did bands. the Fallout? Who did Fallout Boy cover? Like Disney Kids, the Kids Bop or something? Or like, Shut up, did they, who did, they, did they cover Little Mermaid? Like, what did they do? I don't know about the Fallout Boy cover catalog. All I know is that the Smiths are not some obscure band you, you need to find out about through the Deftones. You did, you did in like 1998. Look, I'm telling you, Sam, I am I was around in nineteen ninety eight and I found out about the Smiths before that from hardcore bands, which are the which is what the Deftones wish they were. Well, not everyone is as cool as you, Chris. And Thank thankfully you, we have we have a band like the Deftones to to give us a gateway, you know, like Jason, are you white horse hive? When I was fourteen, I was I was copying for the tones. But also, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of music when I was, you know, in middle school. That that looking back now, I am not super duper into, but it helped get me into other stuff. Like I was listening to Tool real heavy when I was thirteen. Tool is it? Tool is another one that I absolutely put in the bin. Right, and and I don't listen to Tool now, and the music did not age well for me. But you know, looking you know at the time that listening to them, and then I dug deeper into other music, and then I found some stuff that I actually. Would be, I understand. Would be I understand. I expect I expect more from my co-host, but I'll let it slide. <laughs> well, you know, but, I mean, but if you get into a Fallout Boy, like where does that lead you? It doesn't lead you well, to anywhere. Let me explain. Let me explain to you about Fall Boy. Fall Boy were coworkers. You know what I mean? They were. They were. They were. A, they were a, a, you know, when I managed a band, Sam, are you familiar with a band called Cartel? Yeah, <laughs> I ma- I managed Cartel. Okay. So. You have to understand that this was my, you know, Fall Out Boy were, were contemporaries of ours. I'm much, much more successful, but contemporaries of ours. So maybe I have a little soft spot for them as a band. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, you definitely do. It's not a maybe. Sam, what is your stance on Oasis? <laughs> Some good songs. I'm really glad that they exist to argue and, like, have personalities and uh, kind of, like, find, like they're they're like the large majority of their music to be like sort of boring but like the good songs are amazing okay you know what that's not what i'm looking for sam the answer I, is i think sam and i have very very when i ask you guys when i when i sam when i ask you what do you think of oasis you say greatest band of all time and that's where we end it <laughs> your little nuanced like little take which was which was i would say you know you're saying they're good but not great. I understand that take, but are you a brit pop daddy at all or no. is that not really oh, no geez. that was never that was never my shit but if you have not to, even as an adult, you, as your taste has developed, you don't even go back and understand just, the greatest I, no, genre because, of all like, time. My, no, because my point of reference for it was so small that I just like don't really connect to it that much. Interesting. I understand. I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, well, what are you connecting to these days? What are you jamming in the in the um, in the Tesla? Man, this is always a really hard question. I uh, there is um, there's this speaking of Salem. Actually, there's this mix. Uh, that they did that I I listen to full mix on YouTube. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that mix. That thing is that thing to me is incredible, and it's even more incredible to me because I like I think I like tweeted about it or something, and all these people were like so mad that I liked it. Like complete strangers were like, "This is just like a poorly mixed like," and I was like, "I don't care. Like I don't really care. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know why you're mad that I like this thing." What was, well, matter, was there but, a criticism of it? It was a it was poorly there was, mixed. There was nothing about it. It was just like a mix. Like it doesn't, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't, it's just like some music. Maybe there's some new music mixed in there. It's a well, lot they, of like edits. They yeah. expect more from you as a professional critic. And I do too, to be honest. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like, I like the mix okay though. I, I understand yeah. the, that, the mix is better than the songs, I would say. Sam, right now. You, sm- you smoke weed when you listen to it or no? 
Uh, I have, and I've done, I've listened to it sober too. I've done both. Damn. So Ooh. Sam's bump, Sam's cruising down Hillhurst in the Tesla and zooted up listening to the Salem picks. <laughs> He's chiefing some big doinks and he's and got those big doinks. Sam said, pull over at MedMen because he ain't even driving because the Tesla drive itself. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Thank God. Um, well, well Sam, also, also, we, you know, you, sorry for interrupting Chris, but we were talking about the, the Rolling Stone 500 best albums of all yes. time. And yeah. I think we should. I think we should do a deep dive just into the the top ten. Um, uh, what's I haven't looked at the top. Well, 10. number one is I have it pulled up. Well, no, 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 Chris. We'll work. We'll start at we ten got? and we'll work our way down to okay, one. Okay, yeah. Let's start with ten, Jason. Go ahead, bud. Number ten, Lauren Hill, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, nineteen ninety eight. All right. So here's my thing with that. Oh. Uh, that album. I I feel like there's a reasonable place for that and that's probably somewhere like that was that thing was such a big deal like if you look at like the impact of that i don't listen to it anymore really ever i think lauren hill is like a really talented rapper but like and there's some really good songs on there but like it's not an album that i'm going to come back to a lot at this point in my life but i'm fine with it yeah Top i, mean, I, 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 don't, I don't, don't disagree it has some amazing legendary i don't songs disagree on lost ones you know what, what a great tune etc but you know, top ten of all time of all the music ever is a. You know, I would I would maybe I would I would put that at like one ninety eight instead of ten. Wow, that's also Great. fair. That's the thing about these lists is like anything you say, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Number nine, <laughs> Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Okay, I'm with that. You know, I'm with that. Dylan Hive. Mm. Yeah, that's that's that's. I would say the, the. I'm assuming there's. Are there any other Dylan albums coming? TVD, and the remaining TVD, eight, my friend, but that one had a lot of big <laughs> tunes on it. You know, it we're not going to spoil it. We're not going to spoil it for you. What's number eight, Jason? Prince, Purple Rain. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's that's. <laughs> we fine. all agree uh, with yeah. all this, def, you know, decently enough. Yeah, you can't. That, you can't. How bad can you be at that? You know, it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not like they're. It's not like they're putting fucking Carly Rae Jepsen in here or something like they. Mm-hmm. they, they that pitchfork would do but, okay but Sam, um, would you say would you say purple rain i don't even know if that is the is prince prince's best album let alone the number seven album or number eight album ever made in the history of music i mean i think if you get into like the psychology of the list which we absolutely shouldn't do but like <laughs> <laughs> please don't, Sam, you know, please don't. <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a it's a good like you got to get prince in the top 10 and that is a good choice yeah okay, okay. Fair, fair fair okay number seven fleetwood mac rumors Let's fucking go. I'm more yeah. of a test guy. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I don't, does rumors have, um, blue letter on it? I don't think so. This one has go your own way. The chain. Sure. Don't stop dreams. You know, it, it yeah, has that, the most single. Yeah. That's like, gotta be songs. there. I mean, that's gotta be there and they're cool. So it's yeah. gotta stay. It's gotta oh, stay. Yeah. Also, number also six? rumors is the s- number six best selling album in the history of music. That's not, I did also not, not surprising. I, <laughs> I did. Wow. 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 That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. Okay. Number that's six. Crazy. Number six. That's crazy. Yes. Yes. Nirvana, never mind. I mean, uh, sure. No, <laughs> we're anti-Nirvana on this podcast. No, we're wow. not. I'm a. I'm. I grew up in Seattle. I can't be anti-Nirvana. Oh wow! I, I didn't know you were <laughs> well, you, an agitator. You grew up oh, in the yeah. anarchist compound of Seattle. Oh, did I ever? Damn, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Nirvana, never mind. You know, life-changing music. I'm more of a fan of Nirvana Unplugged as a as a piece of. Okay. Well, 
number five, <laughs> the Beatles, Abbey Road. Sure, whatever, man. Uh, I I just like don't like to me. It's like not interesting to talk about the Beatles anymore. Wow, Sam, Sam's getting <laughs> agitated. This list from his competitor, Rolling Stone. I have no competitor. Yeah, I have no competitor. He you. said there's no competition. I broke Tame Impala. There's no competition for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The that is the Tame Impala of our generation, or the Beatles of our generation is. Yeah, it's like it's, I, I mean, do you really? It's just <laughs> Tame Impala, I, I not not rapper Ti. Sorry. Reason to talk about it. I agree. Uh, Jason, continue because Exile Main Street hasn't been named yet. Number um, four, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. I, you know, you can't argue with that one. Sure. Yeah. I mean, okay. you could maybe you could maybe make it a little higher if you wanted to. I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Number three, Joni Mitchell Blue. Mm. Uh, mm. You know what? You know what's interesting about that? That like. Obviously, that album is going to be like considered a classic, especially by like Rolling Stone. But I think that that album right now is probably like super, super impactful for a lot of people. So that makes a lot of sense to me. It's definitely extra relevant, right? I would agree with that. But it does have the uh, the song "A Case of You," famously covered by James Blake. Absolute, absolute (laughs) modern day uh, tearful slap. Do not bring up James Blake on this podcast. He's canceled. James James Blake fucking plays those keys like Alicia on that song, boy. Oh my god! <laughs> Number okay. two, <laughs> this is I I agree with this hundred percent. Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. Boring. Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, now in the top ten. Absolutely. Number demented. one, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know if that's crazy. I don't. I mean, it's not the number one of all time in the history. Of music. That is not number one of all time. But I what mean, is? What is even like? I don't even know how to like decide what the number one album of all time is. How does that work? It's well, the be way fucking <laughs> Mozart, Beethoven, baby. You no, know what I'm saying? no, no, no. It doesn't. It, I'm. I think in my mind, it's the Rolling Stones and the Beatles. Even though I agree, Sam, that those are both kind of boring. Uh, I, I don't. Exile Main Street is better than all 10 of these albums. Okay, here's here's some albums that I'll scroll through that I think that should have been in the 10 and said. Michael Jackson Thriller? Canceled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Exile was 14, Chris. That's fucked up. Exile is the greatest record of, 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 of the Rolling Stone style shit, too. Like, yeah, I know. Show, me a, show me a cooler record. But anyway. London Calling? Kind of- Okay, okay, pretty pretty sick, but that I'm not surprised that's not. I'm happy 10. to see my beautiful dark twisted fantasy at 17, though. No, no, yes, no. yes, that <laughs> that is by far the greatest Kanye album of all time. We've talked life. about oh this. On this. We've talked about this in this podcast. Sam, before, is this but... the first time we disagree? It might be. I really disagree. Okay, preach on that, my brother. <laughs> well, you uh, should that... start a podcast then, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> that album. That album is. Uh, is like is boring to me it's like it wow. like both in the way that it was so you don't like, like ballet either look he's got he's got <laughs> elton john playing the piano on all the lights with with john with legend like singing that shit he's got 37 other people on there he's sampling <laughs> king crimson you know damn that is fire he's doing all kinds of wild shit baby he's got apex twin samples that was the first time Bonnie Vera was 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 in the motherfucking mix. The list goes on. What, what, what is, what is your favorite? What's your favorite Kanye album then? Uh, 
I'm I I guess in a way it's Jesus, but not like what? Yeah. Bro, you crazy for that yo, one. Yo, yo, yo. Your your Kanye machine is broke, fam. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you ain't ever heard College Dropout a little album called College Dropout? Oh, that, that, no, Jesus is a, a really cool album that I really like, but I don't think it's as you good. You guys are both fucking nerds. Nah, we only <laughs> we only like when I like Kanye when he was with like Cameron and trying to be oh. cool. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, but College Dropout is like not a cool album if you listen to it now Absolutely. for the most part. Yeah, Gold it's, Digger is such a bad song. Ugh. It's it's super well, dirty. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's yeah, one that actually, Chris, Chris will will absolutely love. Number nineteen, to pimp a butterfly, Kendrick Lamar. The worst, the worst rapper of our generation. That is, uh, he's not the wow. worst, but he's he's. I don't. We don't like Kendrick Lamar. I don't, and I don't exactly know why I don't like him. Yeah, Sam. Why is Kendrick Lamar so uncool? <laughs> uh, because he is he's uncool the same way that like. Anyone who's been similar to him in the history of rap is like uncool, which is that like, you know, I, I like Kendrick Lamar. I think he's really talented. I don't like all of his music. I don't like when he gets preachy. Like, yeah. But I think that he, you know, it's like, it's not cool to be sincere, really. He is like, as yeah, sincere you're absolutely, you're right. That, that's a problem in this society is sincerity and earnestness are canceled. <laughs> we don't want any of that. I hate it on Twitter. I hate it in music. I hate it. I don't want any of that shit, especially in hip hop. But, I don't think he's not talented. I mean, I, I, of course, it's like undeniable, but like he's just uncool, though. You know what I mean? Where it's just like I, I, I don't. Nothing about him appeals to me. I never think about it. It's like forced on my throats, you know, throat during like award shows, and that's the only time I think about him. Right. He's the Deftones of rap. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, he's he's uncool because he doesn't he doesn't he he doesn't really like fit in. Like the cool thing about rap is when you like uncover these like different scenes. Like mm. yeah. before before we got on this track, I was going to talk about this other this dude I really like from Flint named YNJ who has a mixtape out. Still no clean called, water. <laughs> still no clean water in Flint. It's bad. Uh, called he has a mixtape called Coochie Land, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> all, all of the songs oh, are I love on that, that theme. He has. Oh, a, Jason likes this already. I can tell. Jason. Yeah. Jason pulled up his Kazan and is downloading this right <laughs> now. We're, we're going for another hour. Lock the gates. Mark Maron voice. Uh, Lock and he, the gates. he has. I I came across him because he had some snippet of one of his songs is like big on TikTok, and I always like look to see what like those kids are are like listening to on TikTok. Real dad shit, TikTok baby. kids. Oh yeah, real dad shit right there. Um, and. I came across him and I was like, oh, who's this weird rapper from the Bay? And then I was like, oh, he's from Flint. And all of his songs are basically the same, but he has so much style. And he's so like, he does not give a fuck. He's amazing. Do you think he gets a lot of coochie himself? Uh, there's a lot of dudes in his videos. So mm. unclear. Well, Sam, I don't know if you ever heard of a little genre called rap, but you know, there's usually <laughs> there's usually 20 dudes in the video, but maybe there's some chicks too, depending yeah, there on. There is usually a fair share of fellas in the vid. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, what what do you what do you think the role of criticism is right now? Because there's a lot of critic haters out there, yeah. and I, I find it to be I find it to be very important to hear hear you know. I love talking to the greatest minds of our generation um, about about music, and we've had a lot of people. We've had John Carmonica on the podcast. We've had Joe Coscarelli on the podcast. We've had a lot of you know Matthew Schnipper. We've had a lot of music people on the podcast because I personally and we've really had like some that. Good ones too. Yes, yeah, so yeah, we have. We've also had <laughs> other good guests. Yeah, but 
But like, what do you, why do you think people are so mad at critics? Like, why is it all of a sudden unacceptable to, to give something a, a, a look under the microscope versus just, I like this. Um, I think that, uh, people don't really understand why they would need criticism now, which is like somewhat fair. Uh, like if you're not really spending money on music, then like, why do you need someone to tell you where to spend your zero dollars when you can just go Mm. listen to something? Uh, but I think that what's happening is that a lot of people are identifying as critics, but aren't critics. And so they end up in this Mm. space where they're kind of like throwing wild opinions around in ways that maybe aren't like fully thought out, which makes I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit attacked right now, but I'll let you continue. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, but you know, I mean, criticism is obviously hugely important. And I think that we're just in a stage where like, also the other thing too, is that like, if you're a fan of music, you, whereas before you maybe would listen to what a critic had to say about music. Now you just want to know what, you just want to hear it directly from the artist and artists have always hated critics and hate them even more now. So if your favorite artist is like, fuck all critics, then you're going to be like, fuck all critics too. Mm, and, but and I, I think, do you think there are some artists that do like critics because people would argue that, that critics are the ones who are, you know, able to, to see or read an artist's creations and, and give them feedback to hopefully make them better one day. Yeah. I mean, I would say that like in general blanket, generalization i can make is that most rappers really appreciate critics and it's something that i've always loved about rap music is like there was definitely a period when i was working at the fader where you'd talk to like a mid-level indie band Mm -hmm. about like maybe doing a feature in the magazine and they'd be like act all like too cool for it and then eventually do it bro i hate i hate band of horses too man those guys are just dicks (laughs) yeah they were good on tony hawk pro skate continue Uh, Uh, but but then like with rap there's just like a better understanding of like the give and take between like you know what someone's saying about your music and what you're trying to say with your music and i think that like a lot of that shit got like ironed out by the time i got in the mix like yeah you know like like literally like people like running up on people at the source like none of that was happening by 2007 Mm -hmm. so like all of those lines already been figured out and drawn so like most rappers i feel like are very good with talking about criticism and like hearing it and not taking it personally or taking it personally and moving somewhere else from it. Mm, that's good to know. I, I just think it's a, I think we're going to get into a, uh, I, I just think it's very necessary with all art forms. And I think music is the one that appeals to me the most. Or, and it's like probably the most like universally, you know, universal as, as right. far as like what, what people are talking about. So I would hate to see it go away because like, musicians are pussies and tiktok rules you know what i mean like i don't yeah. want that's not the world that's not a world i want to live in well it's never going to go away it's just it's just going to get like harder to find and it's not going to be bankrolled by anyone well that and that's the problem we need these big banks to come in and put some stuff some money in your pockets so you can keep paying for that tesla and all this weed <laughs> um but what is the so what what are you writing about right now like what are you are you are, is it is it strictly music or are we entertainment where are we I'm I'm in a I'm in a um I've, I took a little break from music writing because I was just burned out on it. So I have been uh, writing about art when I can, uh, like more like profiles. Like I just yeah. did a profile of Andrew Quo, uh, Our, a former How Long Gone guest, a graduate go. of How Long Gone University, <laughs> um, a, a great New Yorker and, and a great guy. Yeah, amazing, amazing dude, terrific um, New Yorker. Yeah, where did you classic. where did you where was this profile written? Was it Essence? Uh, 
Yes, it was. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It was very good. I, so, I, thank I'm you. familiar. I forgot that you wrote that. I apologize. Yeah, and I'm, that's okay. And I'm, uh, I'm doing another one for them right now on that dude, LSD World Peace. You know about that guy? Yes, yes, yes. I do know about him. Yeah, that one I've been working on for a long time, and then I like put it aside, and I'm coming back to it. So I feel like I'm like... Shout out to Essence Electrix, you know, Durga, um, yeah. for really holding you down. Dude, yeah, she's been... I mean, I've known Durga for a really long time, and I just... One day I was like, I should be writing for them, because it's like, you can do shit like that like who else is going to accept an lsd world piece like 2500 word profile no 100 percent. no the editorial is a plus and i'm not just saying that because i write there as well yeah um and then well, i'm doing a bunch and then i do like you know creative agency like copywriting stuff no i see you're good so you are making the, all right so he's making the big bucks i'm not as worried about you as i was before <laughs> oh yeah you don't need to be worried about me uh, only in the sense of feeling jaded, I guess you could worry about me. I mean, look, we're all, we all feel, we're all old white guys here feeling jaded as the world passes us by and, and we're still talking about Tame Impala. You know, it's, 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 it's really our, ours to lose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Grab a towel because we're, we're washed, bro. <laughs> God damn I'm it. cool with being washed. I'm fine. <laughs> I mean, did you, so when you left, when you left Vulture, it was just to go freelance and you wanted to move to LA. Was that the idea? Yeah. I had a, I had a kid and I was like, damn, I didn't, what's up daddy. I didn't realize you had a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a toddler and he's like two and a half. Um, I had Shit, a kid bro. and I was like, my wife and I were in a one bedroom par- apartment in New York and we were like, well, were you in we Brooklyn? Get- you can be honest. Yeah, of course. Well, I think that's the problem, but continue. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I know. She and she, my wife would agree. She moved. She had like a sick uh, rent controlled studio in the West Village that she gave up so that we could move into an apartment together in Brooklyn. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Love is too powerful. Yeah. Like she was like, I really don't want to live out here. And I was like, well, we're doing it now. So, um, so but basically, we, we, we were sleeping in our living room and, uh, giving our kid our bedroom and we were like, this is stupid. Like, this is insane. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are we living this way? And so I didn't want to move out to LA. So we just came out and New York magazine was cool with me, like working for a little while, but understandably they wanted their, you know, music editor at New York magazine to exist in New York city. Those fucking narcs over there. You know, I know know a few people at this little quote unquote, New York magazine. I've heard of it before. And they're not allowing you to work remotely. Failing failing New York magazine. Is your Chris, is your, is your column still going? The column is currently being rejiggered, but it is going to return bigger and badder than ever. Um, I'm actually working on one right now. That's great. That's very good news for me because I feel like I genuinely find it, I really find it useful. I'm not just hey, saying you know, that. it's great to hear that from my peers, not just um, my fans. You know, so it's, <laughs> it's great. It's great to hear that. And and Jason would never be honest and say that he buys everything that I post. So it's, it's nice to hear from someone else that actually reads it. Yeah, it's great. It's either like it either validates a purchase I already made or makes me want to buy something else. Dude, well, I mean, it's tough in LA because everybody dresses like shit. So I hope you're getting these fits off. I'm, I'm getting no fits off. <laughs> These Chris, wow, you know I buy, <laughs> I buy every $7,000 briefcase you post on that website. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, that's why, that's why we're friends. That's why we work together. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, our, our relationship is strong, yeah. and, it, and I'm glad that monetarily you're spending. And I know, Putting I know money back click, into the environment. I know how the click-through economy works as well. And that's good, a, yeah. can, I, can I ask a question about the call? Yeah, well, yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> that I never asked anyone that I could have easily asked in an office for years is uh, when you know when you like 
recommend something and it's like kind of more expensive than the average person would want to pay. And then there's like a parenthetical that's like, or you can get this like cheaper version yes. here. Is that your inclusion or is that an editorial inclusion? Oh, no, inclusion? no, I would never. That's their inclusion. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, no, but I, I actually, I mean, I think that part of the reason I like doing it and, and the fun of doing it was also like including things at a real price range. You know what I mean? Like, of course, I'm going to put something from the row that costs $3,000, but I will give you the unique low option because that's truly how I see the world. You know what I mean? So I think that... Right. That it and that's fine if you can't afford it. I mean, too bad for you, but there's something else out there for you that will satiate that need. Right, and I really appreciate your uh, advocacy for the for the Uniqlo uh, Oxford. The only brand, well, the only brand that matters. I'm, you know, it's 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 truly the the greatest, and um, I think people should wear it more. I agree. I I was buying those in bulk when I was like 22, and I had no money, and I was like, I can't believe that I have this, that I can just get these. Exactly. And I still wear them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They, they last. I have a couple that are really worn in, nice, just really fitting my wasp fantasy. Um, <laughs> Sam, it was really nice to chat with you today. Sorry for all the back and forth, but um, it was great to oh, have okay. you. And I, I think we learned a lot. Um, Jason, do you feel like you learned a lot? I sure did. Thank you very much for doing this pod, Sam. It was a, a true pleasure. And despite and us only disagreeing on that Kanye record, I think we are cycle sisters as it pertains to musical tastes. Yeah, we'll we'll fight over the Kanye record in the street. Um, well, you, well, you guys one can... last question: Where do you stand on Radiohead? Uh, oh. <laughs> some, you know, I'm I'm 36 years old, which means that Radiohead occupied an important place in my life when I was a teenager. Answer the question, Sam. I, li- radio- <laughs> I-, I like Radiohead. Great talking okay. to you. Great, great answer. <laughs> Sam, where, uh, where can people find you online, on, on social media, etc.? You can, you can find me on Twitter at Smith, or uh, I've got a, uh, a newsletter that I try to write about, mm-hmm. about shit, uh, a, a Substack. Um, wow, surprise, surprise. Uh, what, <laughs> Gotta do that, it. Gross life. Called? Gross life. Uh, great. And then G R O S S. Yeah. Great. Grosslife.substack.com. Yeah, you know, put put some shekels in in his account. This is a new father, guys. So it's you know, <laughs> any little any little bit helps. I, it's it's a struggle out here as a writer. I know. Yeah, you know, it's it's all right. And then you'll Damn! You know. <laughs> big bucks, big bucks over here, Jason. Do you hear the flex? Well, Chris, Chris, he's a real writer. You know what I mean? Oh, I understand. I understand. He's not doing, he's not, okay. I, I know I'm not, but I'm glad that he is and everybody's making money. Um, diapers are expensive. Sam, thank you. Um, you guys go, go go read his writing. Um, go, he's wrong about a lot of music stuff and that's what makes him great. Um, <laughs> we will, with Sam, we'll talk to you soon. Jason, go fuck yourself. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye, Bye. guys.